Welcome back to the YouTube channel for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, Tim Watts, Joseph Hastings getting you going on this late National Signing Day edition of the program. You know what, Tim Watts? Uh, it, we've used the Christmas analogy before, and in some ways it feels like a lot of the gifts were opened on Christmas Eve, but still some nice big ticket items to be finalized here using that Christmas day sort yeah, of analogy. This, this is like telling your kid you're giving him a PS five and he knows it's coming and he opens it. You should still be happy. You're getting your PS five and Ryan Williams and Noah Carter. You got games and everything else that could go with it. I don't know much. I can't do many game analogies. Jojo's got me there, but I got you. yeah, I mean, you're getting today, Ryan Williams and Noah Carter. If they had drug this out, You'd be skipping work. You'd have been asking us 50,000 questions last night. If they had created any drama whatsoever, this would be a massive bigger deal. But I don't want anybody to sleep on how good Ryan Williams and Noah Carter are. I mean, two excellent. They're two great prospects in any class Nick Saban's ever signed. These would be massive commitments on any class, any class Nick Saban had signed. And Andrew Bone joins us now. So we are officially quad box here with the Red Zone channel of recruiting. Uh, we welcome Andrew in. Joseph, now, as we understand it right now, the signing at Sarah Land is still in progress. So we're awaiting sort of the finalization, the formality of that situation with Ryan Williams. These two, with Noah Carter, were expected to be, I guess, almost simultaneous in nature. Noah out there on, I believe, Mountain Time Zone. Uh, in Arizona, so a little bit different there. Uh, and then, of course, Quentin Reese uh, also expected to be a part of this thing today, too, I guess. Yeah, it's really interesting because you have the signing ceremonies at a specific time, but it's not just them signing. They have teammates signing as well. And then when they sign, like at the actual ceremony itself, they have to still send it in, fax it into Alabama. So uh, when you see these ceremonies, there's usually a little bit of a delay between the actual signing ceremony start um, start time and when they actually sign and then when it actually gets into the program and then it has to be announced officially by the program. So and never, never forget Trey Sanders. Let me remind you, Trey Sanders had <laughs> signing day. He signed and he went to a party and he did not send him his letter of intent in and for six or seven hours, very long hours. We tried to figure out Now we were telling him, Andrew and I on different sites at the time, we were telling him like, Hey, relax. He just didn't send it in. He went to the after party but they're like, yeah, sure. You know, that don't sound right. He wasn't tagged in the offer. You know, we get, we get the, and I don't blame him, but yeah. Hopefully this will be a lot quicker. What was it, about 10, 15 at night when it finally came through? Dude, it was late enough. I was very, very angry with Trey. I, I know hey, you, you, you know <laughs> Alabama's got those graphics ready, right? I mean, yeah. those graphics are ready to drop at any time. Yeah. And, uh, so, Andrew, uh, I guess there's always still a little bit of that anticipation, even when you totally expect things to be done until you see that until you see that tweet, I guess, these days uh, from the program, uh, you, you, you're still wondering a little bit. Uh, even then, now it's like, oh, you got these short term signees that can, <laughs> can true. hop out and, uh, and go somewhere now. But yeah, I think today we're. Uh, we're in a good spot today. You know, I, I don't think there's going to be 
much drama. Um, I hope not. <laughs> I think that you know we've uh, we've experienced all the drama, uh, you know, for the last ten years over the course of the last uh, month. So that's been uh, that's been fun, and uh, yeah, I think that Alabama should be extremely excited about you know the guys that are signing today, you know, the guys that stayed on the team, uh, you know, rather than transfer out, especially the guys that had signed back in December but have not enrolled yet. You had five guys that signed in December that, uh, that will enroll during the summer. All of those guys were able to, uh, to visit Tuscaloosa, uh, on the 27th. Uh, that was Kevin Riley, uh, Jay Lindsay, uh, Steven Bamua. Uh, you also had Amari Jefferson and Rico Scott. You know, all those guys kind of came out and said that they were solid with their commitment to Alabama, but they still wanted to meet with the coaching staff. So you still didn't really know 100% until those guys had those sit-down conversations with the staff. And, uh, you know, that happened on the 27th. I think Joseph pretty much spoke to all of those guys. I know I talked to Steve, but, um, you know, hearing from them, hearing how solid they were after those meetings with the staff, uh, you know, Alabama being able to kind of solidify things with the other guys in the 24 class who were already on campus, you know, outside of two. You know, we talked about Julian saying and uh, Jameer Grimsley being the only two guys that have left – from that 2024 class, Grimsley, uh, one position that you could probably afford to lose a defensive back and still sign three uh, five-star defensive backs in the class with uh, Xavier Brown, uh, Zay Mincy, and then, uh, of course, yeah. Jalen and Buckway. And then, um, yeah, Julian saying, you know, you lose out on him, but, you know, I think that was probably something that you know, a lot of people may have expected. He committed to Alabama because of Nick Saban. Uh, Alabama new head coach, Kalen DeBoer, probably thinking, you know, I don't know if this kid is going to 100% stay at Alabama. Uh, he might stay through the spring, could easily transfer, but I'm going to protect Alabama moving forward. I'm going to make sure that we have a quarterback that's young, go after somebody that uh, that he's been working with over the course of the last year, gets Austin Mack. You know, it was a risk, uh, and you know, what uh, Julian saying ends up transferring, but – uh, you know, Alabama's going to be all right at the quarterback position because they've got a great room, and I think they're going to be able to recruit some top guys, especially in this 2025 class. Tim, you know, a lot of times we've associated a quarterback with recruiting momentum, and not just for a current class, but future classes. This almost feels like, though, with Ryan Williams reaffirming to Alabama with Kalen DeBoer, taking over from Nick Saban, that it could provide that kind of juice maybe for classes even moving forward. Do you get that sort of feel for this from a wide receiver? Uh, but again, a guy of the status of Ryan Williams from a from a juice perspective. Sure. I think when you look at 2008, you go, you talk about Julio, but man, there was a bunch of guys who were unbelievably talented, right? But what Julio did is what Ryan did. You get all, you get a talented player, you get street cred. You had the fear of not just losing him, but the, and I still to, I'll say to the end that I thought it was much ado about nothing with Auburn. Um, and obviously, as quick as he came back on board with Kalen DeBoer, I think that's justified to say that. But I think he gives you street cred. He avoids losing that, that momentum in state. You fight off Texas. And again, any school in the country takes him. He can call them this morning. They're kicking their own son off the team to make room for this guy. That's how good he is. That's how good Ryan Williams. I will say also, it, it doesn't seem this way, but I think on the flip side, 
Jalen Mbappe was every bit as important because you don't want to lose him. He's again talented. He's got every all that stuff. But you also you got a Birmingham kid. You got a five star. You got a DB who chose to be a DB. So you got so much happening there. But if those two guys, yeah, Ryan, you can't you can't lose Ryan for a multitude of reasons. Um, he was no matter who the quarterback was signed in this class, he was always going to be the bigger name because we followed him so long. You know, we knew him so well. You know, he was a he was a gump. Is a gump. And Joe, it's it's pretty amazing when you look at this wide receiver group for this class, um, especially when you include Jeremy Bernard in that coming from the University of Washington. Uh, Bubba Hampton coming in late uh, is a flip to Alabama, I guess. If you include him as a wide receiver, hanging on to Scott and Amari to go along with Ryan, it's a pretty good looking group. Yeah, I think Alabama has the argument to be made that it has the best cornerbacks class and the best wide receivers class in the 2024 cycle. And, you know, you factor in Ryan Williams, who's dynamic, electric, can make plays uh, everywhere on the field, inside, outside, jet sweeps, punt return, kick return, running back. He can pretty much do whatever on the football field. So it's hard, even with him turning 17 years old, just remember, he, he hasn't turned 17 years old yet. He turned 17 this week. Uh, with him being 17 throughout his freshman season and not getting there until the summer, I, I still think there's a good chance that he sees the field in some capacity just because of how much of a game changer and, um, you know, how, how he can make plays on the field. And then you look at Amari Jefferson, somebody who uh, he, he can kind of do everything as well, blocking, he can uh, go in the slot, he can go outside. That's some of the things that the coaching staff talked with him about during his official visit a couple of weekends ago. Um, you know, very competitive player, had two touchdown reception, two touchdowns and, 210 receiving yards in the state championship game, his final game as a senior, uh, made it to the All-American Bowl. Rico Scott put up video game-like numbers um, for Bishop McDevitt this past season and the season prior. You talk about Jeremy Bernard, who has a lot of experience, you know, being at Michigan State in Washington. Um, you know, and, and then, like you mentioned, Bubba Hampton, just a pretty impressive wide receivers group. And obviously it's headlined by Ryan Williams, but that shouldn't discount the other players that they're bringing in this summer too and that they already have on campus and Jeremy Bernard. Andrew, what do you like about these two defensive ads uh, for Alabama here in the late period? Obviously, with Noah Carter getting out of his NLI at Washington, uh, QB uh, Reese also a part of this situation uh, on the late signing day. Um, what do you see in that that situation there? Well, Noah Carter is a uh, you know he's a high upside kid. Six foot four, two hundred twenty-five pounds. You know, he's going to have a chance to get into that Alabama strength and conditioning program. Add 25, 30 pounds. Um, uh, you need to have that speed off the edge. Uh, you know, he's a very unique athlete. He plays on both sides of football. Uh, was the Arizona defense, uh, Arizona, Arizona Player of the Year. I mean, it's a guy that uh, you know had eleven receiving touchdowns. I mean, he had uh, you know double-digit sacks. He is an impressive player. Uh, on both sides of the football. So once he kind of focuses in on just playing defense, uh, you know, he's got a chance to be a, uh, you know, a, a very dynamic player uh, for the, uh, for the Crimson Tide. Yeah, I think that, you know, Alabama knowing this kid for the last year, uh, being able to evaluate him, build relationships with him, very important. Cause obviously you're going to come, you know, this staff comes in, they got a great recruiting class already that, uh, that was built by coach Saban and the, and the former staff, but they probably don't know much of them. Uh, they know Noah Carter because they've uh, you know evaluated him and, and uh, recruited him for the last year. So uh, I know they're excited about him. They wouldn't have brought him over if um, 
if they didn't have high high uh, belief in him. So definitely excited about Noah Carter. Uh, think he can be a dangerous pass rusher off the edge. And then uh, QB Reese, you know, this is a high production player. Uh, you know, had over 150 tackles uh, during his senior season. Uh, very active around the football. Uh, he's a little on the shorter side. Uh, you know, he's not he's not as big as um, uh, as your typical you know six foot two, 235 pound inside linebacker, but he's you know, right around six foot, 205, 210 pounds, you know, sort of similar to Justin Jefferson, the Juco signing that Alabama had last year. Uh, but, you know, very high production type player. Um, I'm interested to see kind of his development over the course of the next couple of years. You know, is he going to be an impact player right away? Maybe on special teams. Yeah, you know, I remember you know, I have a good friend that was a very impactful player on special teams. He was a walk-on, uh, invited walk-on a few years ago, uh, Michael Dijon. And he was a very active special teams player, one of the best special teams players in the in the Saban era. So wouldn't be surprised if we saw somebody like uh, QB Reese making an early impact um, on special teams. Tim, I, I think that when you think of Kalen DeBoer, obviously you think, offense first and foremost and so you had the three transfers from Washington on the offensive side of the ball that followed him to Alabama um in some ways Noah Carter a little bit of a statement on the defensive side that we don't forget about those guys and being able to bring him along after Carter got out of his NLI because I think we've all seen it yeah the the expectation is that DeBoer is going to recruit at a high level and produce at a high level on offense, but there have been, at least on boards and things like that, some early questions about the defensive side under Kalen DeBoer. Yeah, and I want to ask you guys that are watching the show to take a minute, like, and subscribe. Just click that little button. We love this show. Joe's got a special mic. Andrew's got his I just robbed a bank hat. Travis has his three hundred dollar hat. Three hundred now the hat. Wow! I'm just, just I'm just up. hanging. Here, I'm just hanging here, keeping us all together. But do us a favor, hit that like and subscribe button. We we really enjoy doing this. Um, but yeah, going to Noah Carter. I'm not convinced he's not an offensive guy, right? I know <laughs> they they might they're putting him on defense. But dude, I'm telling you, those highlight tapes at tight end. Uh, I mean, the toe tap got me. That's pretty early in the tape. I was like, wait a minute now. My dude's dragging toes in the back of the end zone. So um, definitely I think it's a statement. I think that they're going to know offense. They're going to know defense. They've got defensive players being drafted and other stuff. Tried to get Jabbar Muhammad and all that that stuff. Obviously, uh, a lot of the guys they recruited, when you look at their junior day, they had the defensive lineman who's the number one player in the 2026 class, uh, Jaheim Stewart. They had the number one athlete in the country, Jordan Young, who projected on either side of the ball. They had a big boy coming over from California. What's his name? Shamas. Shamas. Josiah. Yeah, he was coming over. So they've got defensive focus along with Derek Smith from someone who could come in and play on the defensive side of the ball. But, yeah, I think that they're going to come in knowing, look, in the South you can get athletes, and defense starts with athletes, right? A little bit more skilled player on the offensive side of the ball. Also, I think it's going to be a little bit easier for them to recruit because everybody's going to be looking at their offense and familiar with it. But yeah, Noah Carter, you get that guy again. I've never seen an Alabama recruiting class ever while doing this that Noah Carter wasn't a big signee. I'll yeah, think Jim, in every class he would have been a big get. Jimmy James here in the uh, in the show chat just throwing it out there. Noah Carter reminds me of freshman Harold Perkins. Hey. Go ahead and just 
put that bar way up there. Yeah, he's got some. We had a couple good comments. He's we twitchy, had, though. Think, yeah, he pretty, is twitchy. The prettiest comment was hilarious. I think it's Tara Whittle. She said, uh, National Sign Day is the only time you thought about a fax machine, which is true. You never heard. You, you really haven't. Joseph doesn't even know what a fax machine is. He's so young. But you know, even us, this old people, we never heard it except for one time a year. For the or last making time. copies. When's the last time you made copies? You know. Hey, I'll tell you. Y'all remember, I know Travis and Andrew does, but Joseph, back in the day, they used to have the letter of intents in, and they would tweet them out like to build the drama. And we'd have to like call people like, is that in? Did you send that in? Because I feel like they're asking me a lot of questions. There was a lot of a lot of excitement and gamesmanship at one time. I can tell you this. When I started with BOL on National Signing Day in the early aughts of this century, they were still doing the faxes into the sports information department at UA. So we would go to the Coleman Coliseum sports information department setup hub down there below kind of Coleman Coliseum. And we would wait for the faxes to come in. And one of the SID workers would come out and go, you know, Brody Croyle's in or, you know, something like that. So that's the way it worked way back, way back yeah, when. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you guys, just looking at the balance of this class now with an understanding that transfer portal, everything that goes into that, there is no such thing these days as a set roster. But from a high school recruiting perspective, right, you got to feel like this is kind of what Alabama's going to have going into you know, spring practice, going into the summer months when some summer enrollees arrive. Uh, Andrew, talk about how this class sets up in terms of just balance in different areas? Well, I think the defensive back group, uh, and we've kind of already hit on that a little bit. I think getting those guys, especially with the losses that Alabama had, whether it was uh, players who had decided to enter the NFL draft with Kool-Aid and Terry and Arnold, and then you had guys like uh, that, that entered the transfer portal. So th there were some hits there in the defensive backfield and be able to sign an elite defensive back class uh, especially guys that are already on campus, are pretty pretty significant. And then, you know, tight end wise, uh, you look at Amari Neblack who decided to transfer and go to uh, go to Texas. I think being able to you know, add Caleb Odom, uh, keep him on board, very uh, very important because we heard a lot of great things about Caleb uh, during the Rose Bowl practice. I mean, he was turning heads out there. Uh, you know a few weeks removed from high school. So I think he's going to have a chance to be pretty, uh, pretty spectacular. And then you have a, uh, a kind of Ian and Yang with, um, with Jay Lindsay. I mean, he's kind of your, your bulldozer, your six foot uh, three and a half, 245 pound physical tight end type player. So those are two positions on, on each side of the ball that I think Alabama did, did really well uh, recruiting, uh, especially at positions of need. Tim, what was your – was it defensive backs, the secondary for you that sort of headlined this group? Or do you have maybe a, a sneaky good area where you feel like Alabama really hit an area, a unit, and maybe we haven't given it enough love to this point? Yeah, I think when you look – I think for me the biggest miss was that offensive tackle position, just skipping to the miss part. Um, but again, they knew this was going to be a bad class. You know what I mean? It wasn't going to be the standouts. That's why they took three last year. I mean, for me, I just think it's, I think it's just top heavy. I agree with everything they've said. 
as far as that. And obviously where I feel, you know, what might be the absolute best position quality to me might be the interior offensive line. I mean, they've got some guys we don't talk about because they're not tackles. I mean, Casey Poe, you know, that's, that's a big time guy. That's a guy that can move, uh, he can move the crowd and come in and help out. I mean, they weren't able to, to latch on a, to a, to an edge guy. It's just a bad class. The number one guy or one of the top guys was Jordan Seaton and he moved around a lot, but I do think they got a lot of like versatility um, on that position. William Sanders is another one. These are guys that can play multiple positions and open up. And I, I mean, we didn't talk about Will all year, but I don't know if there's more impressive film out there than William Sanders. We saw him in the Alabama Mississippi game and he pulled, and I, it looked like he was in a dead heat race with the running back. He had pulled and got on that edge and was <laughs> was running up the field, dude. It looked like they were racing. So Look, big athletic guy. I mean, they got some guys interior that could, that can do some things. Yeah, Sanders looks like a great fit for this offense sure, based yeah. on what we've seen with that agility and the different things that uh, Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb like to do in the run game. Yeah, it's easy to see him at some point, William Sanders, very much involved. So what I need from you, Joseph Hastings, is an accolade or two for this class. Give me the best interview uh, that you've dealt with when it comes to this this signing group, because we know you do a lot of great work for us there with the interviews and the updates at BamaOnline.com. Was there one of these guys that maybe stood out above all the others? I mean, one of them has to be Peyton Woodyard, you know, and I've, I've covered Peyton for uh, a few years now, gotten to know him and his dad and his family, uh, visited him, him and uh, Bosco out there in California. And just one thing I always like about talking with Peyton is he, he answers the phone and he says, hello, Mr. Hastings. Hello, Mr. Bone. Like that's that's how he does. And, you know, when you tweet out his stories, he'll, he'll post. Uh, thank you, Mr. Hastings. Thank you, Mr. Bone, for taking time out of your day to speak with me. Always super polite, respectful. Um, you know, you can tell he gets that from his parents, his family. And yeah, he's just one of those, those um, you know, players, you know, those people that um, I'll remember five, 10 years, 15 years down the road just because of the respect he showed throughout the whole process, you know, whether he was committed to Georgia or when he flipped to Alabama um, and every time in between and before. So, yeah, he's he, he was one that really stood out to me. Um, you know, uh, another one, too, is, um, you know, just Amari Jefferson. He's, he's kind of in that same um, re respectful fashion. N none of these, um, you know, th these players in Alabama's 2024 class ever said anything crazy or misled us in any way and, you know, was, was looking for a quote like, you know, for, for, you know, to make headlines or anything like that. They always kind of gave honest, truthful answers. So um, I, I enjoyed speaking with each and every one, um, most of these 2024 signees and, and their family members as well. It's, it's a great class all around. All right, Andrew and Tim, I, we need the real goods on Ryan Williams. Was there ever a point during this? And I would guess the moment that Nick Saban retired and Ryan subsequently reopened his recruitment where you felt like he was lost for the Crimson Tide, that uh, he wasn't going to be a part of this class because you guys were adamant leading up to Nick Saban's recruitment that he, he was going to be a part of this class. Uh, but when then when that happened and in the immediate aftermath, Andrew, I'll start with you, Tim, uh, you follow up, that you felt like, well, this, this ship may have sailed for, for Ryan Williams. I think the day it happened, uh, the day uh, Go Saban retired, you know, it certainly felt like he was uh, he was lost, that he was going to go somewhere else, um, you know, do something a little bit 
not easier, but a, a little bit more comfortable. Um, you, know, it's, you know, some of these schools had recruited him for a long time. He had relationships with other staffs, and and obviously these schools were were pushing hard for him and trying to flip him. But leading up until that moment of you know, before Nick Saban retired, we, I don't think it ever really crossed our mind that he was going to flip. And you know, I don't think it crossed Alabama's mind that he was going to flip. There was always high confidence that he was sticking with that decision. Even when he went, I think he went to Auburn for the Ole Miss game when Alabama was hosting Tennessee uh, that weekend. Everybody was all upset, all up in arms about that. But Ryan had just taken five straight visits to Alabama. So he wanted to go see something a little bit different. He did delay his uh, his uh, signing uh, until February. Yeah, a lot of people were hoping he would go ahead and do it in December, but he wanted to enjoy the process. He didn't get to take official visits. He didn't get to go out and really experience anything uh, during the summer. He was just he was in Tuscaloosa the whole summer, pretty much. And then once he decided to uh, to reclassify, which Tim has mentioned this before, I've mentioned this before, Joe's mentioned it. We've known this for a long time. This wasn't something that got decided in October, uh, as some had you know tried to make it sound perceived, but. He, was, he decided this back in the summer, maybe even before that. And he had told us back in the summer, I am reclassifying. It's a done deal. But we had to keep it quiet all the way up until December. So when December hit, he announces the reclassification. Everybody thought, oh, that must be a good sign for Auburn. It wasn't. It was a good sign for Alabama. And um, I, But then at the end, he decided he wanted to take some visits. And luckily, he decided to cancel those visits after the, uh, after the official to Alabama. So credit to uh, – Credit to this coaching staff for coming back in and, and settling, uh, settling him down. I never felt leading up to Stephen there was any moment he wasn't going to Alabama. I mean, I'm not sure that kid could have told us in any more plain English words what he felt about Alabama. I love Alabama. My heart. It wasn't just I love Nick Saban. It wasn't just I love. I love Alabama. My home my best friend, all the guys, all that stuff. He told us 50 times. Some of us wouldn't listen. Some of us wouldn't listen because I think all this was dominoes. Auburn flipped Perry Thompson. Perry Thompson said he was 60-40 when he flipped. So when Auburn started saying they had a chance, everybody said, oh, God, you know, they got a chance. They also said they had a chance with with Jalen Mbakwe, Beeman, Sterling Dixon. All those guys they just forget about. Nobody, nobody mentioned that. So when they went to Ryan – we every sign was pointing to Alabama. The guy said, I'm committed, it's where I want to go. Um, that's where I'm signing, and then I want to take visits, I want to enjoy the process, which he did. He went to Texas AM for an official, he went to Auburn, a great basketball game. They chanted his name. You know, he got to hang out with Roll Tide Willie. I mean, this guy enjoyed the process considering he's losing a year. But even when Nick Saban retired, for me, it was just like okay, when he didn't flip, when he didn't, when he decommitted and didn't just commit somewhere else. That's when I thought maybe he's going to hear this staff. And when he decided to hear the staff, I was thinking like, because I'm looking, I'm looking into Shep, the often, you know, the wide receiver coach. I'm looking into this offense. I'm looking into their wide receivers. And it's absolutely built for Ryan Williams, right? It's built for a wide receiver. So, but I mean, the minute he showed up on campus Monday, two days after Kalem DeBoer, um, I think he he told us my heart's with Alabama. He showed us. I don't think there was any chance in hindsight at all of him ever not going to Alabama, with the exception of them just hiring, you know, Hannibal Lecter, you know, a guy that tried to try to try to eat his thigh or something. You know what I mean? I think Alabama's where he felt the most comfortable and where he loved. 
Ryan, what was the, uh, excuse me, Joseph, what was the vibe that you get us confused all the time? That happens all the time. (laughs) What was the, well, you know, you're, you're a playmaker like uh, Ryan Williams. What, um, what was the vibe that you were picking up immediately in the aftermath of Saban's retirement and Ryan opening things back up? Uh, where were you on all that at the time? Yeah, so I actually reflected on the quote that Ryan had given us a couple weeks ago um, before he decommitted, um, you know, where he said that he has the best relationships with Alabama's players, not 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 Auburn's, not Texas, not the other contenders in his recruitment. He said it was Alabama's players and the current commits, signees that he had the best relationships with. And um, so I was really intrigued in seeing know which of those guys ended up staying and most of that 2024 class um you know reaffirmed their commitments uh, to bama stayed locked in and the biggest one of them being the aforementioned we've talked about him before jalen and bakway and how, how big of a recruiter he is ryan's talked about that the impact that jalen had in his recruitment and um i think i think jalen's sticking it through everything you know losing his position coach losing nick saban um, you know, de facto secondary coach for Alabama all, all these years, DB guru, um, you know, staying through th- that throughout this entire process, um, you know, when Alabama didn't win national championships and in, in, in back to back years during the time of his commitment. I think him staying locked in with the Crimson Tide and pushing for Ryan, um, you know, ultimately led to me believing, OK, there's a there's a pretty decent chance he gets back in the fold. And like Tim said, he was on campus a few days you know, later. So it wasn't that long of a time period. Um, but, you know, where we were wondering, you know, what that interest level is in Alabama, him returning to Tuscaloosa so quickly, taking that official visit, um, you know, and then he wrapped things up after that. And you just have to kind of, you know, give him a lot of praise with canceling those official visits to Texas and Auburn. Uh, he deserved the right to take official visits to whatever schools he wanted to choose to go to. Uh, and he opted not to do so, not to get that 48-hour special treatment on campus by these programs and uh, received the red carpet treatment and all that. He chose not to because he wanted to remain locked in with the Crimson Tide. And I think that's pretty admirable. You know, you don't really see that too much in the recruiting process nowadays with high profile recruits, um, you know, putting the program above themselves when it comes to visits of that nature. So uh, definitely a lot of praise his way for that. And guys, I'm guessing like myself, your phone and social media timelines are telling you that Ryan Williams has in fact made it official at the Sarah land uh, signing ceremony, Ryan Williams. Not everybody will believe that. I, I'm just telling I, you. I'm just saying there there's some that will not believe it. 50-50. Yes. Oh, how about Andrew and Tim? I like I like No, uh, not Andrew. He'll believe it. Yeah. Look at his hat. He'll believe anything. <laughs> Andrew will believe anything in that hat. Hey, Andrew, man. Why do you got to catch a stray on a good day like that? Yeah, I have friends that wear this, the plain hat. I don't, it's, it's literally the bank robber hat. Nondescript. He's the nondescript white point male. Break. It's the point break hat. It's He's the everything break. they're looking for. It's the best, most expensive hat I've ever worn. Andrew's it's literally the guy everybody's looking for right now. Don't worry about it, Andrew. In about two weeks, that hat will be up to $300, according to Tim. Well, you know, if I can get me one of those online hats. I'm just saying, if somebody robbed a bank in Homewood and they describe them, it is nondescript, white male, five foot ten, black hat. Look, that's that's Shrimp Bayless says it's an undercover. That's why see Shrimp gets it. You know, you know, and, and Leonardo DiCaprio um 
and what was the movie based in Boston where he Depart- was the Departed? The Departed. That was kind of the hat he wore, and I he thought. was an undercut. Good call. It, it's a good it, call. Good call. Andrew Spivo. Yeah. He's right now telling on all of us. Oh, oh. <laughs> Our recruiting predictions. Tara <laughs> says, uh, Andrew, you have to tell us if you're a cop. So you have to disclose yeah, that. We were kids. Hell, he said that. All right, now I hand you this tie back. First, tell me if you're a cop. Hey! I think Joseph. When yeah, you look at this quad me. box, Joseph really looks to be the only reputable individual. Joseph, remember here. when selling weed? He's the only guy with trust looking at this quad box. Is Joseph? I've got the on three shirt on. You know, I've got the you microphone. Yeah, he's got the seventies microphone. I'm a little. I'm surprised that's not like bobbing in over his head like in a bad movie. Uh, we can set that up next time. All right. So with Ryan Williams done, we're waiting on Noah Carter. Um, Again, Noah, you're waiting on those- no, no, Noah's done. Done, done. Uh, well, he was in. He he was released from his NLI, and I guess it was a different process, Andrew, for him. Different process. Well, he was released from his NLI, but he was still he still had to sign today. Um, which his mother texted me a few minutes ago and said that he was he was signed. I guess. Alabama. Well, thanks for the update. You know. Uh, well, when were you going to give us that? We like we like to wait until Alabama announces. Okay, right. you know how those cops are. You know he wants to keep things to himself, like keep that investigation to himself, and keep that top secret info. Yeah, you know uh, I'm I'm trying call. to run the point here with Minute Bowl running the wing. You know, I'm trying to get Joseph's story. That's what I'm trying to do, Tim. Hey, Joseph has a great story on Bama Online right now, so go check it out. Interview with uh, Noah Carter's father about the whole. Ah, the there you process. go. So, Do it. I am in the process of getting that on the front page. All right. Well, you know, if you need to dip out, we we're not going to impede. No, I'm saying your efforts it's, for the uh, website. I Absolutely. Set up where he can't work while looking forward. I told him he need to clear his ears. We're <laughs> getting this again. His profile picture for the police. So, Tim, uh, what what are we looking to next? I guess. Uh, you're going to have well spring practice coming up, and then yeah, some, some more junior day type events in the yeah. in the future. Yeah, I think we're looking at junior day in March, at least one. Uh, April is going to bring the A day game. I don't know about y'all, but I am incredibly excited. I haven't. I mean, the last time I was pretty excited about an A day was uh, Bryce Young's freshman year with Mac Jones. I wanted to see that battle and how that turned out. But this year I want to see everything right on offense. I want to see everything, every play, not to mention the guys we haven't seen that we know are town. Justice Haynes is enough for me to turn in. So you get that. And then we get the portal, portal in portal out, you know, we're going to, yeah. we're going to be who aren't, who's not a good fit at Bama and who do we need to replace that, that non-fit these things go both ways. You know, I think that, uh, I think we're going to have a lot and then hopefully a quiet may, and then June, we will go to camps and see see how they stack up against camp, the former camp, Alabama camp, staff. Camps and official visits. Yeah. 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 That changed that changed everything. That's why February's so slow. Because June is now busy. We used to, you know, in this business, it used to be take your vacation time in June. There was like two camps. Yeah. It was like take your vacation time. July was just dead. Take your vacation. Now you got unofficial, official, you got camps. You know, and they're daily camps. You know what I mean? It's not like you get yeah. a camp on Monday and we cover. It's like I'm going Monday, I'm going Thursday. Right. You know, it's a offensive defense, seven on seven. You know, they yeah, yeah, you, everybody commits in July and August. You kind of yeah. had the little kid camps yeah. where Saban would send seventh graders to DCH dehydrated. Yeah. You know, yeah. You see, they do have the young camp because you <laughs> see like 
Ryan Williams, you know, he showed his picture when he was a kid. We've seen a lot of those. Uh, uh, Tyler did it, right? Tyler had a picture when he went to camp. Yeah, he went to camp as a kid. So you see those guys there, they're like eight, nine years old. You know, <laughs> So there's a lot to deal with. It ain't all five stars that are out there helping. I mean, there's camps and seven-on-sevens going on right now, too. we got the Under Armour Atlanta camp that we'll be at in, in a week and a half. Uh, a couple more Under Armour camps, some seven-on-sevens. We just had Battle Miami. So even in the lead-up to those summer camps, um, those weekly, daily summer camps, it seems like in the summer, you know, you have other things going on throughout uh, throughout the recruiting industry. There's just a lot. You know, there, there's a lot. It's You always have to be on kept on your toes, um, always – looking out for surprise announcements and decisions being made, but that's the fun of it. You know, um, it's great. The beauty, the beauty for us is like, we're battle trained. We did like seal boot camp, right? <laughs> so we did that in December. You know what I mean? That's why we went through this drill in December and then Saban retired and we're like, all right, soldiers, yeah. you know, you know, you know, you know, we just rallied back up, <laughs> put on our big boy <laughs> pants and went right back at it. But for 10, 12 days after Saban retired, yeah. You know, I will think the one thing I'll appreciate about Ryan, if anybody could calm the gumps, calm the masses, Ryan did a huge job of that. Because if this was still going on these last 15 days, it would have been a different mindset. Because, oh, you know, we're in a league where, you you know, we're, we got, we got, you know, we got everybody out there is like, you know, a detective, you know, they're, a, you know, they're playing the game Clue and, Ryan liked to tweet, you know what I mean? It just said his sister was homecoming queen. You know what I mean? He's a nice guy. So he liked the tweet. He followed this. He's looking at this music. You know, it's like, I have teenagers, so I know on social they are not normal and there's no clues. Half the stuff they tweet, I would throw them into to, to juvie for the, if I if my mind raced into what I think it's about, they'd all be in trouble. But yeah, I wouldn't make it a habit of reading the social of these uh, anybody, not even adults. Tim, adding on to what you yeah. said, imagine if Ryan just didn't reclassify and he was still in the 2025 yeah. class. I mean, he, he's, you know, it would yeah. be a daily conversation still talking about him and everything that he's done. And, you know, for him to do that, you know, it's a very selfless decision to cancel those official visits to Auburn and Texas and and remain locked in with Alabama. Um, you know, just w with him and Jalen and Bakwe and others leading the way, just couldn't have asked for honestly yeah. when they've been retiring the greatest uh, arguably the greatest college football head coach of all time retiring for the way things panned out it couldn't have gone really any better um for Alabama about to be Jojo on the road season I don't know if that season ever really ends so we'll look forward to that as well but the big news today obviously Ryan Williams Noah Carter QB Reeks joining this Alabama 2024 recruiting class guys anything else before we get out of here i enjoyed it i mean this is our first first uh recruiting cycle together i mean i don't even consider it recruiting till june so everything anybody commits tomorrow i'm not even remembering their name i'm not even memorizing their name <laughs> until they go to camp and i find out that that's a that's a top priority but i enjoyed it it's been a good run i mean team coverage Andrew and I finally hooked up after years. Joseph, you know, kind of the keeping us young, sometimes too young with his video games analogies that only my kids could understand. But I've had a fantastic time. I'm looking forward to the future here. Yeah, the multitasking Andrew Bone down there on the bottom left, taking care of business. He's trying to be the first the one to tweet. There ain't nobody racing but more than Joseph 
and Andrew to tweet first. It is like it is like it. a battle. It is bringing like it. I mean, it is like a battle. I mean, it's the LeBron and Jordan argument. Th- those they, they th- those battles trying to get those tweets to the to the BOL roundtable, which you all should check out, by the way. Um, Bone and I go back and forth. You know, sometimes I have to delete his posts if, if I beat him out and he has to delete <laughs> my posts. You know, it's it's a nice little battle here. Yeah, the game, yeah. the game, the game now is uh, as soon as we get something posted on the board, uh, how quickly can we get it out there? Because there's a uh, there's a lot of ninjas out there that are that are uh, taking our stuff as, as quick as bees and, uh, and tweeting, tweeting it out there as their own. So we've had to we've had to send a few messages out there, of course, uh, the last uh, the last month. But uh, sometimes it's just the excitement of the news. That's <laughs> often what it is. Sometimes it's just guys completely faking what they are yeah so no this has been a uh this has been a weird cycle i mean the ups and downs the nil the transfer portal nick saban retirement i mean we've been in this business for for a long time fortunately we hadn't had to go through too many uh coaching changes especially tim and i i mean we've both been in this over 20 years and haven't uh, haven't really experienced what we experienced uh you know last month to this point so uh so that's been fun but um looking forward to 2025 it's going to be coach DeBoer's class now um you know, what's he going to be able to do how's he gonna how's he gonna upset somebody in the Alabama fan base thinking oh that's not how Nick Saban would have done it but guess no, what kind of, yeah. this is how it's coach cool. DeBoer is going to do it and um it's gonna be a fun ride you know if he wants to rip that band-aid off just wear white white helmets in the season opener oh. it can only go it can only go up from that moment, right? White or we're helmets. all white. We're all white against Wisconsin. I don't know. That's now we're getting because Wisconsin might will be, be probably safe. be in white helmets. You know. Now we might. Uh, thank you, Tara. We appreciate that too. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The uh, yeah, the all white. I'm not sure he'd he'd have. To, I think he'd have to leave the state. Yeah, it's I still think. a little too early to get into the white helmet thing. We need to save that, Tim, for like you know we're after the pet spring practice. We got right some time now. to fill, so we'll save that one. Well, we're arguing right. about the new Coleman call, filling the uh, fixing Coleman or uh, a big basketball game tonight, right? Absolutely, Alabama, Alabama at Auburn, Auburn tonight. Huge game, SEC, NCAA tournament implications. Yeah, it's going to be a fun. I love one. this rivalry. Hey, you know what happened the last time? Uh, you know what happened the last time Bama and Auburn played basketball, right? Oh <laughs> gosh, Ryan Williams was there, wasn't he? Yeah, he committed. Committed that night. I yeah. remember Roll Tide Willie there. I didn't remember Ryan went. I know no, he didn't Willie. go. You're Roll right. Roll Tide Willie was at Ryan's signing day ceremony today. Roll Tide, Roll Tide Willie has a corner office in the Malmore complex at this point. That's Pretty, why they cleaned out Saban's office. Willie yeah. wanted different furniture in there. He and Cedric right what there. Do you, what do you think Saban's going to say when he shows back up at the facility and sees uh, Roll Tide Willie <laughs> working up Sitting there? there with his shoes off on his desk? <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Like, where, have you, yeah. where you been, Coach? It's going to be the the new co co chairs of the uh, NIL like, initiative. Got, Roll Tide, Willie, and Nick Saban. All y'all needed was me to reel Ryan back in. There you go. That's it. All right, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Going to have a lot of good stuff right there at BamaOnline.com. Tim Watts, Andrew Bone, Joseph Hastings. No one better than this trio right here when it comes to recruiting coverage and the Crimson Tide. For those three and myself, thanks for joining us right here on the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. And until next time, so long, everybody.